0: to Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie
1: on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is hour two on a Friday. You've made it to the long weekend. Logo and J-Mac along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. All things Calgary Flames in hour one. Broke it down after a 6-3 loss to the Sharks. Even got a professional's view. man who knows his stuff, Kelly Rudy, joined us. Talking about the Flames, talking about Dustin Wolf. Great conversation, as they always are, with one of the greats in the industry, Kelly Rudy. Man, we get such
2: good guests on this show.
1: He's one of the best. If you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Hour one up and in the books for you shortly. Hour two... We're going to end off the week like we always do. You can start getting your questions in now to nine six zero nine six zero. Julian, we're going to open the Friday DMs. Are they.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Have I done the maybe one other time? But I don't think I've had to. I many. think this is
1: your first time. Yes. Yeah, so Our next guest has done the Friday DMs with oh, me. I bet he has. Um, but um, I don't think you have. So if <laughs> you have questions to end off the week for me and Julian. The Friday DMs are an open book, by the way. Oh, boy. There are flame. We don't get the stock mailbag, and we got other ones. This is open-ended. You you want to talk flames and trade proposals? We'll dive into any of that. If you want to ask Julian what his favorite Calgary restaurant is, you want to ask Shan something. I don't know what you'd ask Shan, but if you want to ask Shan something.
2: Shan, stand up for yourself.
1: The Friday DMs (laughs) coming your way (laughs) later this hour at 960. 960 but right now we're kicking off our two in the doug Lacey's basement systems downtown studios with our pal from the couch potato diaries podcast you find him on twitter at primetime klein it is peter klein joining us this afternoon what's up pk how are you man
0: I'm good. It's funny. Uh, Shan is the one who got me on the phone, and he said, hey, could you stand up for me? I'm, I'm. They're, they're really picking on me today. But it sounds like he's just not setting up for himself. So, look, I'm I'm viewing this as a teachable moment. He's going to have to stand up for himself. I'm not I'm not coming in off the top rope to help out.
3: PK, I'm kind of scared, man.
0: <laughs> Don't blame you. Yeah, yeah no, but you, you know what? It's, nothing great comes from your comfort zone, Shan. You need to rise up, get through this. I mean, look, there was one point. Where I was the punching bag on on certain shows, and now look at me now. Look <laughs> at
1: where I am at now. So you do not you do not have anything to worry about. Kleiny,
0: yeah, no. Kleiny, no.
2: Kleine, no. <laughs> don't Just do back this. Don't
1: you tell me you, you don't miss going out in the cold weather, Klein, and trying to get guys live on the air for a show. Yeah. Hey,
0: here's an idea. Let's go give gas cards to people who commute on the train every day. This is gonna go great. <laughs>
1: What that's I, what you guys actually had to do. That's one of my favorite. That's what the Klein guys, had to do. This guy, this guy right here. What man, yeah. I
2: love hanging out with Klein and just hearing him just like go in on stories of just his life or just anything that's interesting to him. Just he's just, I, I just, I like listening to Klein. He's like a great dude. Uh, what he's about
1: a, uh, you, you got to taste coffee for the first time on air? Wasn't that fun? What.
0: Well, see, I'm not. I, I wasn't a huge coffee drinker, and so I like anytime I would go and get coffees because that would be part of my responsibility. Um, my coffee would be what's the thing that has the most caffeine and tastes the least like coffee. But then one day, um, Curtis Glencross, one of the, the nicest <laughs> human beings ever, brought coffees for everyone. Straight black coffee. And I am trying my hardest to not like sip it and just give like a <laughs> reaction. So I'm just like with the most awkward faces while Curtis Glencross is sitting across from me talking about some charitable something or other. I'm just like, mm, mm-hmm, yeah, well, that, that's
1: wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you,
2: you lead a very interesting life, uh, Peter Klein.
1: <laughs> yeah. well thank you yeah okay thanks for uh thanks for hopping on client we'll talk <laughs> to you again soon eh? yeah that's it that's all you want uh yeah. pk uh one of the latest editions of uh the couch potato diary dropped you've got your full two uh ufc 298 preview uh coming up for us we got a great card uh tomorrow from the honda center in anaheim where's your uh hype level one to ten for ufc 298 right now it's a, a solid eight um
0: Volkanovski is one of my favorite fighters to watch ever so any time when we get more action from him uh, I am all about it I, I find the main event extremely interesting and well, we're coming up on a, a real important time here for the UFC obviously with it being UFC 298 UFC 300 isn't that far away um, and between now and then UFC 299 is a phenomenal card so there's a lot of attention on the Ultimate Fighting Championship right now and there's a lot of fighters who are kind of battling for that spotlight. So there's, it's a great mix of like pound for pound greats. Uh, Also, there's some fighters who have a lot of hype behind them, just rising up the card. And there's a few fighters who had a lot of hype behind them, have fallen short and are trying to grasp that limelight. So there's a, a real interesting mix on this card coming up on Saturday.
1: Uh, pay-per-view event starts at 8 p.m. on Saturday. The prelims on Sportsnet kick off at 6 o'clock. We'll obviously get to Volk and his title defense coming up uh, at some point here, PK. But as you look at the pay-per-view matchups on the main card, outside of the main event, what kind of gets you the most excited?
0: Uh, Marab DeVolishvili against Henry Suhudo is really, really fascinating to me. Uh, Marab is someone who has been one of the top contenders at Bantamweight for a while now. But his teammate, Aljamain Sterling, held the championship. And those two guys are the best of friends. And so that pathway to a championship has not really been there for Marab. But Aljamain Sterling just lost the title. Marab has an opportunity to work his way now into a title shot that's eluded him for a very long time. He's won nine fights in a row. The only thing that stands in his way is a guy who at one point held the flyweight and bantamweight championship at the same time in Henry Cejudo and Henry lost his last fight to Aljamain Sterling. It's coming off of a a three-year layoff. So maybe that ring rust has been knocked off a little bit, but this is going to be such a fun test. I think Marav is ready for a title shot. I think he has all of the skills that you need, especially in the bantamweight division. Uh, This being a three-round fight, I think helps Cejudo out a little bit. because I think Marav would just be like a constant pressure in Cejudo's face the whole time trying to wear him down. So the three round aspect of it is really interesting to me. And it's just, anytime, it's one of those fights that I love where it's like, I can come up with a point for Marab and then, well, yeah, but Henry Cejudo, you know, is an Olympic gold medalist, so he can probably figure that out. So he could maybe do this, but Marab can do this. And you just kind of, that internal uh, dialogue goes back and forth on it a lot. And it, it makes for a really, really interesting
1: fight. Could see some moving in the middleweight uh, division after Saturday as well. We've got two middleweight bouts on the main card, but we've also got Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa going at it. Uh, Whitaker coming in as a pretty heavy favorite in this one. Do you see it the same way?
0: I do. Um, the, the one thing that concerns me is that the last fight that Whitaker had, UFC 290, when he got knocked out by Du Plessis. Um, one of the things Whitaker had was uh, one of the problems Whitaker had was the, the size discrepancy and he's fighting Paulo Costa, a extremely handsome fellow, not important, but just needed to get that on the record. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, that. but B this is a, this is a guy who could, um, could probably make 205 pounds and be competitive there in, in Costa and Whitaker has fought at welterweight before, which is 170 pounds, which is a gap. So I, I worry that Whitaker could have some problems with the, the, the size of Paulo Costa. But in every other aspect of being a skilled martial artist, Whitaker has the advantage. It's been a weird run for Costa. He had a, a bit of momentum behind him, loses a couple of fights in a row. And he hasn't fought twice in a year since uh, 2017. So it, he hasn't really been able to develop some of the skills that you would need. I, I think just as a general martial artist, Whitaker has all of the check marks but Costa is so big that uh, I have a bit of a concern at how Robert Whitaker kind of handles that pressure and that size coming up on Saturday.
1: What about the layovers for fighters? How much does that go into when you're getting ready for an event like this? Because if you check out the UFC website for 298, their last out for Paulo Costa was August 29th, or August 20th, excuse me, uh, versus Luke Rockhold in 2022. Like, that's a considerable layoff for any kind of fighter. So do you have a bit of worry or a bit of, I don't know if worry is the right word but maybe question mark when a guy's had that long of a layover
0: i do especially fighters like costa who ha-
1: has come in and said like he was I, I he
0: either said he was drunk or hungover when he fought israel adesanya <laughs> either way not tremendous commitment to the art so you, you have a, a bit of a concern <laughs> with someone who will openly admit that sort of thing like even if it was true you couldn't have tortured that information out of me no it's fair um so I, I, I have concerns about that with people who tend to be a bit nonchalant about it, right? Like there's obviously outliers. George St. Pierre was off for a number of years, came back and won the middleweight championship uh, and then peaced out immediately, but not the point. Um, like Dominic Cruz, off for a very long time, comes back, looks just like himself. He, he is adamant that ring rust isn't a thing. But you see like Henry Cejudo on this card was away for three years didn't look like the same Henry Cejudo. So I think nine times out of 10, you absolutely have to to factor ring rust in as a factor in some of these fights. Uh,
1: you mentioned that, you know, this from our, our chats on and off the air, uh, you're in the same boat as me. I love watching Alexander Volkanovsky fight. Uh, it's always exciting to see him out there, but for the first time in a long time, we're going to see him coming off of a loss uh, and now defending his title on Saturday how how curious are you to see this kind of Volkanovski off of a loss and just to see how motivated he's going to be in this featherweight battle? I am so
0: fascinated by this because for a long time, this sport, it, it's, it's such a grind. And when you can get to the top and you're, you're on a real run, it, it, it's difficult to stop you. But when you do get stopped for whatever reason, it's been extremely difficult for people to, to get going again. There's a couple of obvious exceptions. Most recently, Amanda Nunes uh, lost in a surprise defeat against Juliana Pena, came back and whooped that ass in the rematch, and everything was fine. <laughs> but a lot of times, you'll see, like um, it, not the most recent example, but BJ Penn against Frankie Edgar, um, it, it kind of felt like a bit of a robbery that got Frankie Edgar the first fight, but it just it stopped that momentum for BJ Penn. He comes back in the second fight and gets beat up, And that kind of spelled the end in what has been a a horrific decline for BJ Penn since, but it's just, for whatever reason, once that run is stopped, it's really difficult to get it going again. And Volkanovsky has said, like, he took the fight against Islam Makhachev who is my pound for pound number one. So there is no shame in losing to that guy when you're going up in weight from 145 to 155 pounds going up against Islam Makhachev, who again, really good at beating people up.
1: Yeah. Very scary Um, human being.
0: Right, yeah, just in general, just yeah. terrifying. Um, and he took that fight on short notice. And he was not someone who was, like, staying fight ready. Um, but the the UFC needed a new main event at UFC 294. He stepped in and got head kicked. So he has a way, like, plausible deniability, basically, to explain away, okay, that's the reason that happened. But it still happened. And so I, I'm interested to see how does he bounce back from that against uh, an Ilya Tipura, uh, Tipuria, sorry, who has just rocketed up the featherweight rankings and has a lot of hype behind him in the featherweight division.
1: Yeah, Tapuria is an interesting guy here at 14-0. and 0. Uh, I was watching some of the highlight packs coming in and they are full of nasty, nasty finishes. Like, this guy's got a mean streak in him. He really does.
0: Yeah, and that's, that, that is what has got him to this point. Like, only two of his fights have needed the, the judges' scorecard so far. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: 62% like, Finishing submissions, 31% for TKOs or KOs. Yeah, yeah. He he is
0: a violent human being, and he, he is putting it together really well. And the thing that is, I think one of the things that most uh, intrigues me about this fight is at 27 years old, he's getting better each fight. Like the the Bryce Mitchell fight to the Josh Emmett fight. there You can see some obvious growth there, even though he didn't put Emmett away in this most recent bout, um, you can still see some growth there. And so, like, I, I think the best version of Vol- Volkanovsky beats the best version of Tapuria that we've seen, but odds are the best version of Tapuria is something we can't even grasp yet at 27 years old, still growing, still developing I- into a true, complete mixed martial artist. So it-, it's, it-, it just it makes it so exciting that we've already seen so much high-level violence from this kid, and to know that he is still getting better going into a title opportunity, it, it just, it, it makes breaking down these sorts of fights really exciting.
1: What else catches your eye that uh, maybe we haven't talked about on this uh, full UFC 298 card?
0: On the, um, on the prelims on Sportsnet, um, it, it's Amanda Limos against Mackenzie Dern uh, in the Strawweight divers- uh, division. I mentioned before fighters who had a lot of hype behind them and have kind of seen that derail. Uh, Mackenzie Dern is a world champion grappler. Uh, She won the world championship in 2015 in Abu Dhabi. She came into the the Ultimate Fighting Championship in 2018 with a ton of momentum and a ton of hype behind her. She is someone who does not need much of an opening to get into an advantageous grappling situation and just take your arm home. Um, She she is a, a quick, violent grappler, And one of the best we've seen in the sport, but in mixed martial arts, every fight and every round starts standing. And that's been a problem for her. And now she had all of this hype, but she's alternated wins and losses in her last six fights. And the last one was a bit of a concerning one against Jessica Andrade at UFC 295, who we all kind of thought, I don't want to say over the hill, because that that seems very dismissive of someone who could literally rip me apart with their bare hands, but wasn't (laughs) at their apex, shall we say, for, for Andrade. And uh, she got knocked out by her. Now going up against the Manalimo, she was physically very strong. Um, I, I just, I don't know how Dern is going to be able to solve that puzzle. But I think she is someone who, like I said, had a lot of this hype around her and has a very clear path to victory. It's just getting on that path that is so difficult. So that, that's a fight that really interests me in the, the women's strawweight division. UFC
1: 298 goes Saturday, February 17th, tomorrow night. The main card on pay-per-view to kick off at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. The prelims you can catch on Sportsnet starting at 6 p.m. He's Peter Klein from the Couch Potato Diary. He's got his full UFC 298 preview up uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. He looks at all the key fights, previews them, and gives you his pick for each one. So if you want a much more in depth look, check out the Couch Potato Diary for Klein's full UFC 298 preview that just dropped today. Uh, Julian?
2: Wow! Finally, get to talk after all that time. <laughs> get,
1: Julian, got to, he has to get some uh, some flame stuff in for you, Klein. We couldn't. Yeah, I, I we couldn't I bring you man. on and not bring oh, you is on, on. going on? No, nothing. I mean, nothing unusual, Klein. I mean, I'm not
2: sure. I mean, uh, you got I would love to know your thoughts on this team right now at the critical juncture that they're in. They lose to the San Jose Sharks. People are wondering uh, which players are going to get traded off the roster. The Rebuild is a rebuild. I mean, some people might actually have a good answer for that, or not so good of an answer for that question. That I'm going to stop myself from asking. I would love to know your thoughts on the Calgary Flames right now, Peter Klein.
0: I just I get so frustrated with this team because you see a lot of that Eastern road trip, and it's man, yeah, Boston kind of played abysmally, but the Flames played their best game of the season, and then they play the Devils, and they play pretty well, and just you, you play these top teams, and it's great, and then they play the Sharks, and it's doo doo. And I, I don't, there's no predicting it. Um, and, and it's just, there's all the talk pre-game about, oh, well, this is a trap game. Got to watch out for this trap game. Can't take any teams lightly. And then they lose to the Blackhawks and the Sharks. And it's it's been this way with Calgary the whole time I've been here and likely a bit before, where this is a team that on their best day could absolutely beat anyone in the NHL. And on their worst day, could absolutely lose to anyone in the NHL as they have proven time and time and time and time and time again. And so I just, I I'm pretty sure logo. And I talked about this the, the last time I was in there, this roster. I don't know. Like what we talked about going into the all-star break, like, okay, well the players are going to let us know if we need to retool or rebuild or make a push and go for it. They may as well just be waving a flag up to the, the, the press box. and like, Hey, this ain't it. It's not working. Stop this. Like, it's just, it's for whatever reason, this isn't working. And so I like the, the talk of a Hannafin extension is mind boggling to me. Uh, nothing against Hannafin. Awesome player. Would love to have him on your hockey team, but this team isn't in a spot where they can fully take advantage uh, of the skills of a Noah Hannafin. So I just last night really drove home that, yes, could there be some flashes? Of course there could. professional hockey, these guys are are paid handsomely to do this thing, so there are going to be nights where it looks awesome. But more often than not, it's just this frustrating just kind of roll down the hill, basically, until they get to a a spot where, oh, well, they're four points out of a playoff spot. Gosh, golly, gee, they just missed it. So it's just, it's so, as you can tell, a little frustrating to, to see how this thing goes along. And I just, I don't think you need more evidence than last night to prove that what is happening right now isn't a good thing and isn't working and this team just needs a, a different direction i think
2: what about jacob markstrom and the talk about his future with the calgary flames obviously you mentioned noah Hannifin and, and chris tanev they're pending ufas but it seems as if this trade chat around jacob markstrom has really picked up in the last few days
0: i think this year is so interesting around that because there are so many teams who feel like they're a goalie away right like where we saw the devils on that that east road trip The devil's uh, injuries on the blue line aside seem to have like a lot of it figured out, except for the goalie thing. Um, We had a lot of fun making fun of the Edmonton Oilers early on in the season. Now Skinner's playing awesome, but still like maybe they're a goalie away. Carolina has had some goalie issues throughout the season. There are a lot of very talented teams who have gigantic question marks, in goal and Jacob Markstrom, whatever questions we had about him coming into the season are obviously gone, right? Like whatever last year was, it was what it was. And now this year he's back to being Jacob Markstrom in capital letters. And when you look at like, are are the flames going to be a real contender at any point in the rest of Jacob Markstrom's contract, I would suggest no. And so when, when you're looking at that, why wouldn't you make this move now when so many top teams are willing to pay top dollar for someone in that market and if there's a a hold up on uh retaining salary it's not my money so who am i to say but it does feel like a pretty good way to weaponize salary cap space for a team that's probably going to have some of it over the the next couple of seasons weaponize that and get a few more assets in here whether it be draft picks or players and really start to turn this thing around because credit craig conroy He's got a pretty good hit rate on some of these trades right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the the Igor Sharangovich trade, I would say, has worked out, which I said from the beginning. I, I don't know, no doubter here whatsoever. Uh, knew that 100 percent right from the get go. <laughs> um, but like Kuzmenko has been a- an awesome find so far, right? And so like well, when Conroy has made these trades, it has worked, and the team has actually responded pretty well to it at times. So I, I think just kind of. <laughs> To, to, to steal a phrase from um, popular culture. I don't even know how popular it is now, but just let him cook. Let, let this man cook because he's cooking pretty well so far. And I, I just, I, I think when you look at this roster, I don't know how many absolute untouchables there should be right now. And that includes the goalie, given what you could get for this guy.
1: BK, always appreciate the time, my man. Looking forward to uh, UFC 298 uh, tomorrow. And uh, you know, we'll be checking with you sometime soon, pal. Yeah, of course. Always love the chat. Thanks, man. Peter Klein joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. His uh, full UFC two ninety eight preview available on his podcast Couch Potato Diary wherever you get your pods. Uh, of course, he's a regular contributor here to Sportsnet nine sixty. And uh, you want his fight picks? You want a full preview? Check it out on his podcast um, or check him out on Twitter at Primetime Klein. One of the just good humans, good human being. Yeah, you you were
2: right about today's show. A good human. Show, yeah. Well, the human. I mean, not to say that Nat Verk isn't a good human. No, nope. but uh, Kelly Rudy, great guy. Uh, Peter Klein, uh, one of the nicer guys you could come across. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think considering you're here and Cam Hughes is here, mm-hmm. Shan's on his way. But I think we we, we run Get a good. You've
1: got. No, I'm our, here. I'm here. Don't worry. What? Who's that? Huh? Anyway. Hey Do you guys hear something? No. Okay. I was just, just saying that, that we surround off. ourselves
2: with a lot of good people. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Uh, let's close out the week with some fun. We're going to open the Friday DMs, 960-960. Whatever you want to ask. This isn't a Flames mailbag. This isn't a sports mailbag. If you want to ask those questions, we're going to answer them. But if you want to get a little weird, you want to know something about Julian, you want to dive into what movies Shan hasn't seen, you want to ask how Cam's car is doing, whatever you want to know, We open the Friday DMs to close out the week. It's next. Get your questions in to 960-960. It's a Friday with Logan and Julian here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, it's been a great show on a Friday. Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie along with you. Head of a long weekend here in Calgary. Next time we talk to you, we'll have two more Flames games in the books. A couple of afternoon affairs coming up. The Detroit Red Wings are in town Saturday. And the Winnipeg Jets come to town for a family day matchup on Monday. Both of them, 2 o'clock starts with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson. Pat Steinberg, the one and only DJ Power Play, has your Flames warm up at 1 p.m. for both of those games, games 2 and 3 on this four-game homestand for the Calgary Flames. Uh, so be Julian's first time doing this, but we have a new tradition here on Sportsnet today to close out the week. Some fun on a Friday. We open the conversation up to you, the listener. If you're listening live, uh, shoot us a text at nine six zero nine six zero. No topic. Well, I shouldn't say no topic. No radio appropriate topic is off limits. You're trying to get us we've, canceled. We've updated the traditional mailbag and we bring you the best way to close out the week as we know how it's time for the Friday DMs
0: who still uses that old mailbox time to bring it into the 21st century your burning questions answered on the Friday DMs
1: alright J-Mac here's how it works listeners send in questions to 960 960 oh boy all right. We answer them. Shan will bring us to them. Okay. And there's there's really no rules apply to this. This isn't a Flames only mailbag. If you want to talk about the Flames, want to give us a trade proposal or something, we'll answer it. Sure. But if you want to know Julian's favorite restaurant since coming to Calgary, or his least favorite restaurant since coming to Calgary, you want to know something about the producers, you got a question from me outside the box, this is your time. To get it in, we're having some fun on a Friday with the Friday DMs. I believe we've had some questions come in already. Producer Shan, is that true? Have the Friday DMs been opened already? No, these are different than the regular DMs that you get, Julian. Of people asking me out on dates, this isn't gonna—that's not gonna happen on this. Don't get me started on those. Those are different DMs, okay? These are ones that he's not used to.
2: Yeah, I just—I hope hope they're appropriate. They're not asking me to do (laughs) salacious and inappropriate things. I have a reputation.
1: Uh, Shan, do we have some DMs already?
3: We do. I'm going to start with one for Julian. And Julian, you will have to help me because okay. uh, I don't think I'm going to say this right. Uh, Julian, would you rather attend a, a Voisine concert? Is that how I say it? Voisin. That's pretty much what I said. Uh, or a Sean <laughs> Desmond concert.
2: Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Rochevoisin, a uh, very popular um, singer from, uh, I didn't realize this. I, I've always known him as a Quebecer, but uh, he was originally born in New Brunswick. Uh, and Sean Desmond, it's funny. I was talking about Sean Desmond um, earlier today. I was thinking of some of his older uh, his older songs. I'd rather go to a Sean Desmond concert for sure. Sean Desmond seems to be more my my. I, I'm more into Sean Desmond's music than Hawk was in. I'll, I'll I'll say that. Shout out Sean Desmond though. He's got some. He's got some good bops. He's got some good. Uh, I mean, shook was really good. Uh, Red hair was good a couple years ago. Electric was okay. Um Man, he he has some bops in his day, man. The early the early two thousands man. Were you up on Sean Desmond?
1: Uh a little bit. Yeah. Not not a ton. He
2: but. was a staple on the, the YTV hit list. <laughs> do you remember the YTV hit list? I do remember
1: the YTV hit list.
2: Child, yeah. the, child the hit list, man. He was he was he was he had the bops.
3: All right, we got another one uh, here for Shoes from Shoobs. This is for all of us. Okay. Uh, if you could put together a live performance of three of your favorite artists, who would they be?
1: Wow. Okay.
2: I need to think about this. Let's uh, let's get through this quickly. Um, we're gonna go for a
1: while. Okay. A live performance. Your three favorite artists.
2: Okay, I'm just gonna put together three artists that I think would just make sense. Uh Fred Mercury from uh Queen. Uh Dave Grohl, put him on the drums, and you could have him play guitar too, I guess. And uh george benson just let him play, play bass i think you get like a really funky fun uh trio of people and you get some really good vibes out of it
1: jeez that's a tough one
2: you could do like maybe um i mean it's kind of cheating but uh you guys remember the group uh silk sonic
4: oh yes anderson
2: yep. Park, and and bruno mars put them together and put like george clinton from sure. Parliament oh. Funkadelic—that's a winner there. Or Bootsy Collins, whatever, whatever. The, just have those three just together. I
1: don't know; if these are my favorites, but they're artists that I quite like, and I think could maybe have some fun together. Give me something like Bruno Mars mm-hmm. with Boy George. Oh, and I'm I didn't see to, that coming. Trying to think of a third that could kind of. And maybe like a John Lennon or something. I've seen Boy George live. Actually, no. I'm gonna change that to John Legend.
2: Wow. Okay.
4: I
1: like it. All right. I, I'm just going, like going off the board with that. Just <laughs> unique voices that I like.
2: What's your favorite John Legend song?
3: And then sing it.
1: <laughs> nobody wants to hear Acapella. that. Yeah, I want to yeah, hear Logan's
3: rendition
2: of Ordinary People by Charlie. By by <laughs> yeah, childhood.
1: no one else wants to hear that <laughs> except for you. I mean, you got to give the people what they want. I don't know.
2: Give the people what they want.
1: Yeah, what those people don't want is radios collectively. <laughs> <Could> spontaneously <laughs> come busting. Well, the podcast number sure dropped when <laughs> Logan started singing.
2: Why That's are all weird. these car windows on the Deerfoot destroyed?
1: Whoa! Wow, it's awful. Anyway, uh, do you guys have any? Uh, producers? I'm going real
3: quick. This is this, I'm thinking back to me like middle school to early high school. One of my so favorite, like three years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Which, I yeah, I, I, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one of my favorite duos was was Eminem and Skylar Gray. I like them together. Oh wow! I Also love Dr. Dre. So they came together and they made I Need a Doctor. And Julie and I were talking about the Grammys earlier. When they performed that at the Grammys, I think it was 2012 or something like that. Man. That's that's when I fell in love with music. So I uh, like it. I, I
2: forgot about I Need a Doctor. That was a I feel like that's one of those like songs lost in time. Like the, the early 2010s, like there's some there's some good songs that like were good for its time. But I don't feel we go back to them enough. But
4: that's like 2010, 2012, 2013. Cam, quickly. Uh not necessarily to perform together, but like my dream three artist set list, I would I would go Daft Punk, because I never got to see them live, and God. I'm still bitter about that. Um, Such a good pick. I would like to see The Weeknd again. I was I saw him in Vancouver for the After Hours Till Dawn tour. That was incredible, man. Uh, and Sleep Token. It's like a metal band out of the UK. Just just wicked.
2: Okay, I've never heard of Sleep Token, but uh, The weekend's great. I saw The weekend 2012, so oh. like well before, like he was still doing like the, the mix, he was in the mixtape era. Yeah. He was in the trilogy era. Oh. Weeknd's great. Amazing.
3: Anyways. Uh, we got one here from someone that's definitely not named Alex Brody, who definitely does not work in the refereeing department of the mm, WHL. Okay. Uh, would Julian ever consider hockey officiating, especially with our Beer League broadcast coming up? That's Hell cool. nah. Okay, we got absolutely
2: that one. not. I do not look I think what the work of officials whether in a beer league or at the National Hockey League level there are, there's reasons why those people are in those jobs and while it's very easy for me to sit up in my Thrown or whatever, and criticize them. Your I, ivory tower, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I have no interest in officiating. I do not want the heat coming down on me. So, uh, not Alex Brody. No.
3: We got one from our head of uh, scouting here at Sports Nine Hundred and Sixty, Mick. Uh, we're just gonna run through a few trade proposals. I think we'll just go like yes or no. We'll keep it quick. Okay. okay. Uh, Markstrom to the Devils for first and Holtz uh, with retention. The price will go up.
1: If I get enough from uh, retaining salary for two years, it would need a significant bump from that if I was going to do it. Mm. Just because I'm retaining for two years, base package is okay, but
2: what's the draft picks again? in a first, yeah. in a first with salary retention,
1: yeah. If salary is retained more,
2: okay. I want it. What's the more? Uh, that's the biggest question I have. I I I feel like I'm copping out by saying that, but like, what's the, what more is New Jersey willing to give if uh? Imagine I am Craig Conroy, and I am willing to retain salary.
3: We do not have an answer for that. It's fine. Keep rolling. Okay, Hannafin with 50% retention to the Bruins uh, for the for, for their first in 2025, and Mason Luray, I hope I'm saying that right.
2: Mm. Uh, pass. I feel like you'd get a bigger return elsewhere.
3: Okay, Tanev with 50% retention uh, and a, a fourth-round pick to the Leafs for the first and Lagasin.
2: No. I do not like any deal where I have to give up draft picks in this state unless I'm getting, like, a generational talent. Nope.
3: Okay, and last one here. Coleman for Capo Caco. Uh,
2: the Rangers could use a player like Blake Coleman.
1: I'd probably pass. Plus, with he'd
2: play with, he played pretty decently with Barkley Goodrow. They they won a cup together on the same line. Capo Caco, Young Winger. Young Winger. Fits in that, I mean, fits it in that timeline of, of what you want from players. I,
1: I th- if you I'm, say Lafreniere, I'd probably have a different answer. But
2: yeah, if it's if it's if it's Alexis Lafreniere, you
3: you you, you I say w- yes. I probably
1: wouldn't do that for Caco. That's just my thought.
3: Yeah, I think you need a little bit more. Okay, we got one. It's this question for Shan. If he's there, I am here. Uh, and or logo, we'll get Cam in on this one too. Uh, Who has the better slash more infectious laugh, JMac or cron?
4: That is a good question. I, I've
3: been in
2: studio with Kron before, but I don't remember him laughing. Do you I've have been, a clip of him laughing? We no, have, like,
1: montages of Kron laughing. Can I can mostly, I hear a sample? Yeah, do we have anything?
3: I've been mostly laughed at by Kron, so my my <laughs> answer will be J-Mac. I mean, listen, J-Mac, you kind of kill us here Thursday, Friday. I, we, we're enjoying you here, but, uh, yeah, I'm going J-Mac on this
2: one. Oh, that's, that's high praise. Thank you. I, I just would like to know – I mean, you didn't ask for my opinion, but I would like to know – uh, what
3: Kron's
1: Well, you can't like. because you're you're not a neutral party, correct? You're... But I still would like to know what I'm up against.
3: His laugh is a little devious; like it's got it's got a little bit of intent. It's behind it. It's a very good
1: laugh. <laughs> it's a very good laugh. I'm trying to find a clip of this oh that my... I can use for Pod. I'll oh have it in God. a second here. That it's you can use for the very podcast. Very good.
2: Because. <sighs> Kron's a good dude, by the way. Like the the, the uh, there, was, there was that week I got to hang out with uh, George Rossick uh, on the morning show, and Kron came in at least once or twice. And he's good. He's 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 really insightful, really good guy, really nice guy. Um, I I, I can't imagine his laugh falling
4: anywhere short of hilarious. Um, where would you the, go, Cam? This is this is of no disrespect to Julian. Sure, I think Kron just has that like that little chuckle in his laugh that just it, it is very contagious now Julian has a very very good laugh
1: I have, this I have is that. what you're up against sure <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that's
0: pretty
4: good
0: this is a montage <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: I got all sorts of weird clips.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is that laugh? What is...
2: Put WD 40 in that man's throat, bro. Like... The thing about Kron's
1: cr- like laugh uh, is Kron's laugh makes me laugh. Does it? It's, it doesn't have to be funny, and I laugh. It his, makes me laugh. His laugh sound like a, you
2: know when you push around those carts at the supermarket, <laughs> that squeaky wheel.
1: It's just so childlike. It's Shout so out Brett Cron, man. Brett the hobie. I cool. love you, Julian, but I think I have to go with Cron.
2: I, I, I take your offense to that.
1: He's just so unbelievable. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like it, it makes me laugh. Just listen to him laugh. Oh. Uh. <laughs> See you got a good laugh too. Cam, can you play that one more time? Please play it one mean. more time. Please. <laughs> <laughs> what is this laugh? It's so good. Ooh. It's so good.
3: Okay, I'm gonna move oh, on here.
1: Okay, fine.
3: Oh, that was good. Um Ooh. This is for Lo- <laughs> <laughs> This is for Logan and Julian. Uh, this is a deep cut from yesterday too. Would you rather watch Little Women uh, eat a liver and onion sub while listening to Best of Mariah Carey, or rewatch last night's flames debacle? That's from Rick. Oh God!
1: I hate watching people eat, especially gross foods. You
2: don't like watching people eat? No. Why not? I
1: don't know. <laughs> Chewing noises really bug me. My
2: sis- my little sister, like she can't be in the same room with people just chewing really loudly which is already bad enough as it is but like it's her ears for whatever reason are very sensitive to that
1: last night sucked too
2: last night was pretty i mean the cool thing about watching these games when you they get bad i'm around enough people in the press box where we could all kind of like fraternize with each other and be like man this is pretty bad <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah got, this is pretty bad <laughs> we've got a good media crew it's and everybody sort of
2: damn we just go downstairs way to get inside the locker room we just look at each other and be like mm, this is not gonna be a fun time <laughs> this is not gonna be good
1: yeah i'll probably take me back to the sound though I'm as bad as it was i didn't have to i didn't take the beating so
2: yeah i'll 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 watch the game
3: all right how many goals do you think matthews will finish the season with
2: uh he's on pace for a 71 goal season I'm going uh, to
1: say he's well, 71,
2: it's... 72, but I'm, I'm going to say he doesn't. I think he's he's on a tear right now. He's been
1: he is playing at...
2: absolutely well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'll say this. I said this on, uh, on the Chris Johnson show earlier today, and I'm going to reiterate it here for everyone here. All this talk about Brad Tree living in Toronto, looking at the team and saying they're not good enough. When you have your elite players playing at a high level, you cannot waste those years. You cannot do that. It's on Brad True Living the Toronto Maple Leafs to figure it out, the trade deadline, figure out a way to make their team better so they don't waste what could end up being one of the best individual seasons that franchise has ever had.
1: 45 and 51 right now. I'm going to say he finishes with 71. I'll say 72.
3: Okay. Julian, uh, yeah. this is a request for you. Oh, boy. Uh, could you do more exhibit impressions? Still laughing about the defibrillator one from last summer. That's from Joseph in Calgary.
2: I I did that last year? I don't remember that. I don't know. Defibrillator. I, I don't know if we have that saved or anywhere, but oh, like, no. I, I don't remember that one at all. Did they confuse somebody? I, I hope they didn't confuse somebody. Um, what exhibit one do I have? It's like... Yo, dog, we got a defibrillator in the back of your vehicle. <laughs> so that way you when you going off to the hospital to do your shifts, you got something in the back just in case. Is that good?
3: I, I think so. That's pretty good.
2: I, I don't know, man. It's like, yo, dog, we fuse two cars together. You remember that Pip My Ride episode? They 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 tried to quote unquote pimp a car that was like literally made of like two different vehicles and it was unpimpable. So they bought, like, a Scion, and, they, and they, they tweaked that up instead?
3: I'm adding unpimpable to my, my vocabulary. You should.
2: Yeah. I might have to. It's a very valid word. You can find it in your local Merriam-Webster.
3: All right, pals. Uh, what, is, what are your feelings on Rhodes versus Reigns and Old Rock trying to act tough? I will probably sit out of this one. Oh, this is the wrestling
2: thing? I think so. I saw a video of The Rock, like, slapping somebody.
1: Vintage Dwayne Johnson. It's been a long time since I've been in super into wrestling. I've seen part of this. I, I'll say this. I just don't buy the. And this is, I, I get it. It's how wrestling works. You got good guys, you got bad guys. I've never really bought watching Dwayne Johnson be a bad guy,
2: that's never been his thing.
1: Like it, he's been like he, I liked him as like the smarmy smartass guy from yeah. the '90s. Yeah, like that's fine. But that like, was different, but, but he like, still
2: found a way to get people on his side. Yeah, he was still charming enough to to
1: have everyone smell what the Rock was cooking. I don't buy. It's just not the same for me. That he try when he tries the villain thing, it just doesn't work for me. Or
2: what about like the antihero thing? I mean, did that that work for him at Black Adam? Right. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Actually, that's a joke. It didn't really. The I mean, movie the, didn't the do you, well. The movie didn't do well, in the whole universe. <laughs> yeah. I'm like late on wrestling. Like when I was a kid, my mom forbade me from watching wrestling. And then as I got older, I came across like clips of like Undertaking, Undertaker throwing mankind off of the top of the cell and hell. In, hell, it's hell in a cell, yeah. right? Yeah. And and Jim Ross, I think, is the biggest reason why I was able to get involved in those like old. Wrestling clips and stuff like that, because Jim Ross, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of play-by-play people, criminally underrated for what he provides to a broadcast.
3: All right, this one from Corey: What's the Flames' record this year without Jacob Markstrom? Oh, is this like a oh boy? Um, oh, is he man. is he
2: asking us to, to guess what it is? Uh, yeah,
1: no, I, I think he, I cool. think yeah, I think it's like a or what's not to take, what don't the take his be? wins out, just take if Jacob Markstrom wasn't part of the team. Where would they be kind of? Thing. Oh, okay. At least I think that's what. If Corey, if I'm misinterpreting, text us back. But I think you're asking like where the Flames would be without Jacob Markstrom this year. I think that's where you're going. Mm. Yikes. I,
2: I, I think they're in that Anaheim Ducks tier where they've got 40 points. Oof. Jacob Bertram's been really good this year. He's been incredible. He's been the team's MVP, and he's kept them in a a good handful of games this year. And I don't think the offensive defense in front of him have played a high enough level where you could be like, oh, man, they really won those games. They did all that, like not sufficiently, not at a consistent enough level. So I think they you could take off 15 points, I think.
3: Okay, which original six team has the best shot at a cup this year, Leafs, Bruins, or Rangers? That from Chris in Calgary.
1: Which original six team has the best chance at a cup this year?
2: Leafs, Bruins, or Rangers?
3: I feel like the Blackhawks might be out of this one.
2: Yeah, Blackhawks, uh, Canadians, not those two teams for sure. Uh, The Red Wings, I mean, they're trying to make the playoffs. I mean, the the Flames are going to know all about that tomorrow.
1: Leafs, Bruins, Rangers.
2: I'll say Bruins. Um, I know as of late, it seems like it has not been going so well for them. When we were talking about how the the Flames got the better of them, uh, I, I think they've lost four of the last five. Like it's not going too good to start off a uh, post All Star break. But I just think this Bruins team's just they've surprised everybody with with how they've played uh, to to this point with with Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka as their top centers. Like That's pretty incredible where they've been able to get at, considering that Patrice Bergeron and, and David Krejci don't play on that team anymore. I still think their goaltending is good enough. I still think their impact players are good enough with Brad Marchand, David Pasternak. I want to believe in the Rangers. Igor shesterkin has been kind of not at that same level that not we expect good. from him. So I think that could hurt them. I know he got the shutout against the Flames, but that hurts. The Leafs, I could see them missing the playoffs.
1: Oh. It's simple for me. I doubted the Bruins to start the year, and I look stupid for that. And as I look at them today, just the way everything's working out with Shosturkin not being great, I think Boston might have the best goaltending of the group. They've also got the group that's been there and done it more than the other two, so I'd have to say I think Boston, as of today, has the best chance.
2: But don't sleep on the Rangers. If they if if Shosturkin wakes up, remember they're still number it's a one. Gift though, remember the Rangers are only a point off of of the of the Bruins right now. And the Bruins, I mean, they're they're at a point now with all that losing. They're tied with the Panthers in the Atlantic. Are the Panthers the best chance for the Eastern Conference to win this year? No, you don't believe in the Panthers this no, year? I don't think so. Really? Really? I I think the Panthers are, are a good team, but also the Lightning are there too. They exist, and until proven otherwise, I mean, it's hard to count out the Lightning.
3: Anyway, let's go with uh, two more to finish up. Uh this one is it possible the Flames trade Nazem Kadri to a contender? That doesn't sound like a trade that would happen in the regular season.
1: Is it possible? Yeah, I mean anything's possible. Is it likely? I just don't know how you move like moving salaries so hard. It's just Any team, because if if you're Nazem, you want to go to a contender. How many contenders can fit in 7 million? I mean, maybe you can make some money work with a team. I mean, he's been good, 45 points in 54 games. I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. It looks like he's going to beat the 56 points he put up last year. I think it would be unlikely. I'd probably be like a three out of ten that you could make something happen.
2: Yeah, I I, I still think if I don't think, I, I have no idea man. if it could happen or not. I mean, depends on how both sides feel, but that sounds like an off-season thing.
3: Last one here. Uh, definitely not from Alex Brody. What is the square
1: root of pi? 3.16. Square root
3: square, root, square root, square root, square root. Yeah. Looking it's 3.14. That's.
2: Pi is 3.14. Yeah. So if you're getting the square root of that, it's much less than that. Like 1. I'm not here for my math. Skills. Like 1.111476. I, I don't know. What, what, Go away, Brody. What is the square root of pi?
1: Uh, well, Julian looks that up.
2: 17724. I wasn't who,
1: that far off. Who cares? I wasn't that far Whatever. off, people. Give uh, give me
2: my victory music, enough. people! There's no
1: victory music! I got that close. Do another exhibit impression, yo, dog! Congratulations, <laughs> you got yourself the square root of pi. Uh, we got you this car. <laughs> Before we let you go, uh, thanks for tuning in for another edition of uh, the Friday DMS. Uh, we got a giveaway to do as we close out the show here quickly. Uh, this year, Canmore, Alberta, welcoming in the world from March 11th to 17th. It's the IBU. World Cup Biathlon, the largest biathlon event ever held in Canmore. 190 athletes from 22 different countries. There's a free spectator fan zone on the weekend. They're going to have food trucks, hot chocolate, and activities for the whole family. We've got a pair of tickets to give away for Saturday, the 16th of March, in the grandstand. Uh, entry is free, but if you want seats in the grandstand, you got to pay for them. If uh, you want to enter in those tickets, give us a text at 960 960- 960 with your first and last name on the text, and we'll throw the names into a randomizer and pick out a winner. If you want more information on tickets, schedules, and volunteering, visit canmorebiathlon.ca, more information, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Once again, if you want a pair of Saturday tickets to the IBU World Cup Biathlon, first and last name on the text line at 960 960. Julian, have yourself a great weekend, man. You too, boss. Appreciate you. Cam and Shan, great job as always. Check us out on the podcast. If you missed anything, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher, Kelly Rudy on the show earlier, Peter Klein breaking down UFC 298 on Saturday. Have a great long weekend. Enjoy the Flames and the Red Wings. Enjoy the Flames and the Jets. We'll talk to you next Tuesday here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Peace.